everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the beautiful game network at bgn.fm and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL tonight. We're going to be recapping a very big win against the Charlotte Independents. Uh, could have been a little bit bigger. We'll get into that. We're going to do our ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. We've got an interview with the assist machine, Jared Stroud. We're going to preview the match this coming weekend against Pittsburgh Riverhounds. And we'll talk about a couple of things happening in and around the USL. Joining me tonight, it's just it's just me and one other. I've got Mr. Bill Toomey. How's it going, Bill? It's going good. We uh, kicked off the first game at Montclair and we won, although it could have been a little bit better, but... Hey, a win is a win is first game of Montclair, so I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing very well, and you're right. A win is a win is a win. And there is something about Montclair <laughs> and my health. Last year for the the first <laughs> opener, I had a horrible, horrible case of strep throat uh, and was like down with a fever and like couldn't get out of bed. This year, yeah. I have this rotten cold that, like, zapped the life out of me. <laughs> My wife and I had to take care of our two children, who were, like, mildly sick. They were getting over it. They gave it to us, those lovely little germ factories. Uh, <laughs> You're scared of the press box there. That, that yeah. little uh, shed you get to sit in. Perhaps, perhaps. But I could not attend either home opener. I was really bummed about that. Uh, especially with the result that we got. Charlotte has really, uh, for lack of better terminology, owned the Red Bulls over the last couple seasons. And here they are getting a big, big win over them and uh, brought themselves level into the standings, even though uh, Charlotte has a game in hand on them. And, you know, right back in the thick of things. When, you know, we look at a couple of weeks ago, the Red Bulls, eh, things aren't going great. They, they, they've drawn a lot of games they lose a game it looks like they're they're on their, a downturn suddenly they're right back in the thick of things they they had a huge win over indy a couple of weeks ago yes they lost to cincinnati uh but having the first half they did against the team that is currently occupying first place i think is pretty fantastic uh and then a huge win over charlotte like I said, who's who's usually uh, been very good about the way they deal with the Red Bulls. Let's talk about uh, how this game transpired. Uh, they went down early on kind of a wonky goal, you know, top of the box. Uh, Evan Loro, I don't think, really even sees the shot until it's in the back of the net. And I'm thinking, here we go. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to dictate how the whole game goes. Uh, Red Bulls drive right back down the field. Uh, Jared Stroud gets the ball over to Amando Moreno, who has a, a kind of a, a wacky toe poke uh, finish. But, hey, a goal is a goal. They're right back in the game. And I think they controlled the rest of the first half. I thought that they looked really, really good. Yeah, I, th- I think they looked pretty good, too. And after that first goal, they kind of woke up, which I really wasn't expecting them to do because usually that kind of sets the pace for how the rest of the game is going to go, and especially since we've seen that before this season. So I was surprised to kind of see everything turn around. I don't know if it was just because the you know it's the first game home in Montclair, or or uh, you know if it was another player that kind of sparked it all. But I was I was happy. Well, I think you touched on it right there. A big spark came in the second half. 
uh, Andrew Tanari came on the pitch, and oh, yeah. everything changed from that point on. Red Bulls uh, went from being the dominant side to the side that was uh, I don't know, dominant, I think. <laughs> the biggest part but they were controlling the game they went from controlling the game to being dominant and Tanari was a huge part of that the way that he set up his goal uh, to make sure that Red Bulls kept possession in uh, the attacking third and continue the counter uh, Stroud gets another assist in this match by finding Tanari at the back post after that move transpired and then they were just on a roll they get the the PK a couple minutes later after they, they handball in the box on a corner kick and of course uh, Lucas Stoffer, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, with a, a sick, sick first-time volley off of kind of a, a deflection on the way in the box. Beautiful. You couldn't ask for anything more. I think it was a, a little sad that, that they gave up another goal at the end of the match. Pollitt's uh, with a, an iffy challenge, gives up a PK, but... You know, they were already up by three goals at that point. It wasn't particularly dangerous, but you don't want to see them uh, make those kinds of mistakes at the end of the game. It, it's it's a little bit of that um, maturity that they're still going through, of course. Yeah, it was not the best way to, to end the game. And if that challenge didn't happen, it makes you wonder if they would have scored anyway, because it was, it was pretty close to, I think, being a goal anyway. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, well, you know. And Tenari had do? an awesome shot that almost went in on the top left corner of the net in the yes. 65th minute. Yes, that was another really what nice one. What a curl one. on that shot. <laughs> that would have been awesome if that went in. And the I, ball kid in the back literally, like, ducked, and he fell to the ground. <laughs> I don't know. If you watch the replay. <laughs> I don't know how to um, to really describe his play. People, when I was on a... Um, a, a Charlotte Independence podcast last week, and they asked me who would be going to be key to the game, and I right. mentioned Tanari uh, because of the work that he's done. But it's hard to really explain what he's doing for this team if unless you're really familiar with the system uh, or have watched them play all year, because he is not a number ten in the way that you think of uh, Alejandro Kaku Gamara. He's not a number 10 in the way that you think of Sasha Kleschen, uh, who no. was very different than, than Kaku. But uh, the way that he plays it is this like sort of strange advanced six role where he's just constantly putting the back line under pressure. And if and he's, the fourth goal, too, he pretty much like stripped the ball away yeah. from Charlotte, <laughs> passed it out. And, and there we go. There's yeah, the it, it does what it does. But it's it's so interesting to see that from a player because that's not I, – I don't ever remember seeing an, a, a, anyone in that 10 spot play the way that he plays. Uh, and it's a really exciting sort of dynamic uh, for the team when it's working. Obviously, against Cincinnati, he took a little bit of a knock and then uh, that kind of broke down everything. But that really, really uh, helps emphasize the Red Bulls' style and sort of uh, dictates to the other team, you know, this is how we're going to play it. And if you're going to try uh, to pass around the ball or hold possession, especially in your third, you're going to be sorry. And it makes the game a lot of fun to watch, too. It, it certainly does. Now, obviously, I was not at MSU. I could only uh, comment on what I saw from the broadcast. And uh, I, I got to say, I like the new construction. Yeah, I like the new construction, too. And uh I wonder if those seats on the other side of the field now will become like an away supporter section. 
that would be nice. It would be nice to have like a little yeah. support section over there. I was surprised that that didn't extend down further, but I guess That's based what on I was wondering too, but I guess they only needed because it goes to, I think, half the middle of the goal. Yeah, is where the bleachers end now. So I think because there's that like pathway to and from the field behind them, I wonder if that's part of the decision not to have additional seating there. Um, yeah. But it, it was they, a little weird. And they can't block where they sell the, the hot dogs on Friday right. night. So they got to <laughs> keep the dollar hot dogs open. That is a sale for sure. <laughs> okay, let's talk man of the match. Uh, I know who I'm going to pick. Who do you got? Andrew Tenari. Yep, 100%. Tenari was a beast and really changed the match. Even though Stroud, uh, I think... Yeah. Is in that argument, and you definitely know. could be a you know a tie for first place for sure for Stroud. Now I I talked about it, or you guys will hear. Uh, I talked about it a little bit with him uh, in his interview. He's got less than five hundred minutes played and five assists. That is unreal, unreal guys. <laughs> He's got that is a rate of two point five assists per ninety. Yeah, and he's just such a down-to-earth guy to talk to. Like he's, you know, awesome to talk to, and he's really just a nice guy. And he, it's really cool to see a player like that. It is. It's nice to get uh, a good local talent uh, finding their way up through the team. I didn't expect a whole lot from him this season, not because uh, of anything on his resume, but you know, I thought that there were going to be other players who were already higher up the food chain occupying those spots. And uh, he's displaced them. That's, you know, he's maybe he's this year's Tatari. We could talk about him like that. Yeah. And he's <laughs> he's going to keep pushing, too, because everybody that's on the two team wants a chance to play with the first team. So he's going to keep pushing. 100%. 100%. Okay. Let's move on to the ex New York Red Bulls 2 report. Uh, Rafi Diaz, Sac Republic, he's yet to play a game for them. Uh, did not play in their 0-0 draw with Phoenix Rising. Noah Powder, Orange County SC. He started and played 90 minutes in, uh, in a 1-0 win over Los Dos. Dan Metzger, uh, Penn FC. He's been out or hasn't really played a whole lot in the last couple of weeks. He started this one but only went 45 minutes in a 3-2 win over TFC2. Uh, picked up a yellow card and was taken out of the game, but I don't know if he was injured or if it was a tactical switch. Switching over to uh, NPSL, Dilly Duca and Hunter Freeman, neither one of them playing this past weekend in a 3 nothing win over Torch FC. They are undefeated still in their season. Junior Flemings and the Tampa Bay Rowdies. He started and played 90 minutes in a 1-1 draw against Brandon Allen and Nashville SC. <laughs> Allen came off the bench and only played nine minutes in that draw. Uh, no penalty kicks. No penalty kicks. Um, hold on, I got a cough. Just because I'm not sick anymore doesn't mean I'm not still hacking my lungs up. Uh, Corey Herzog did not play this weekend for St. Louis in a 3-0 win over Tulsa Roughnecks. Man, the Roughnecks are bad. Uh, Kyle Rainish started and played 90 minutes for Fresno FC in a 1-1 draw with Reno 1868. Made nine saves in that game. That is terrific. Good on you, Kyle. I believe that ties... uh, the highest number of saves in a match for USL this season. Zach Carroll uh, started and played 90 minutes in the 1-1 draw with uh, Fresno FC. Conrad Pleva did not play in uh, Real Monarchs 2-0 win over RGV. Devin Speedy Williams started and played 90 minutes for Louisville City in their 0-0 draw with Bethlehem Steel. 
Mike DeFonta started and played 90 minutes in the 0-0 draw with Sac Republic. We mentioned at the top for Phoenix. Carl We Met started and played 90 minutes in a 2-0 win for Indy 11 over Atlanta United 2. And that's it for the domestic players. We only have one player in a foreign league that's still playing. Who is it, Bill? Zico Lewis. That's right. It's Zico Lewis. On my favorite team to say. (laughs) I can't say it. I'm going to cough before I do it. Hold on. (coughs) FH Hafnar Fjardar. I got it now. I've got it down good. He did not play in a 2-2 draw with KR Reykjavik. And that concludes the ex-New York Red Bulls 2 report. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Jared Stroud. So stick around. Back now, joined by the midfielder who is now in second place in USL in assists, and it's Jared Stroud. Hey, Jared, how's it going? Hey, guys, how are you? Uh, yeah, Jared Stroud here in uh, New Jersey. Uh, yeah, I'm a local player for the Rebels, too. <laughs> Jared, I I think anybody watching this team has been very impressed with your play over the last couple of weeks. Uh, just under 500 minutes played, five assists. Uh, it it's an astounding uh, output rate. What do you credit that to? Um, definitely my teammates. I mean, they obviously put the goals in, so you know they're always in good position. So that always helps me for being a guy who kind of relies on assists, and that's kind of one of the primary points in my game. So yeah, I think my teammates, and I think the style of play that Rebel plays, you know, high press and playing forward, and um you know, that sort of thing. So I think it's a combination of things, but definitely my, my teammates, I would say, uh, the most importantly, um, you know, obviously tapping those goals in, especially uh, Amanda, who's been scoring a lot this year. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just help, happy to help the team. So it's been great. When did you first start to play soccer? <laughs> uh, I want to say when I was four or five years old, my dad actually came out from England Um so he used to play on Brighton's youth team, and then he came out here and played at Bridgeport, which is a small D2 school, so that kind of sparked my interest. And then, obviously, he always put a soccer ball in front of me, and that was kind of the route that I was always going to go in. And my older brother played, and so does uh, my younger two brothers. So I think it was just kind of part of my family and the, the culture I grew up in. But, uh, yeah, definitely definitely really early on, <laughs> probably from – when I can remember playing sports, uh, I don't think I really had another choice. <laughs> <laughs> now, the the truly devout uh, development fans in the Red Bull fan base will know you from playing with the U23 team. Uh, but what brought mm-hmm. you to that side? How did you end up with Red Bull? Yeah, so I remember going in. So I had my freshman year of college. I grew up playing for PDA, actually, which is Red Bull's kind of academy rival. Uh, so I played on PDA when I was 11 all the way until I was 18. So I was always playing against Rebel and I actually tried out for Rebel when I was like 16 and I got cut, <laughs> uh, but, then, <laughs> but, uh, but that was okay because uh, things ended up working out. And, uh, yeah, I remember just going in, just kind of like randomly emailing them 
like, hey, just had a pretty good freshman year, and I was wondering if I could try out. And I think it was Simon Nee at the time. Yeah, and he's still at the club, actually, so I came around a lot. And, yeah, I had, like, a week tryout with the PDL team and over the winter, and that kind of – yeah, I was, I was lucky enough to make it onto the team. And, yeah, I remember that first year. I didn't even play much on the PDL, but that's definitely how I, how I ended up. And I also had a younger brother who is in the system. He was, like, in his first year at the time, so that was kind of a good way into it for me because um, they kind of recognized the name and stuff, so maybe that helped. But, yeah, yeah I just remember trying out freshman year and then luckily making it and then – yeah, I've had some good PDL years, which has been nice. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I got in. Joe, I'm going to throw you on the spot here. I think in our last interview, where we talked to someone else who tried out for Red Bull and did not make it. Do you remember who it was? Tried out for Red Bull and didn't make it? In the last one? The last person we talked to was Amando, but I don't think that was him. No, it was before that then. Oh, uh, yeah, we'd have to go back. <laughs> Maybe Brian. <laughs> have you always it, played in the midfield? Maybe? Who? Tanari? Is that what you said? Denari? No, we talked what? to him yeah, last no. year. Nah. Okay. Although, it could have um, been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he might have. I think he was talking about that with me, too. But, um, but oh, have I played in the midfield my whole life? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been playing right mid. That's kind of like what I've been playing my entire life. It really hasn't been changed much, either. I mean, I've played winger, which is, I guess, a little bit different. It kind of depends depends what you you know define it as, but yeah, I would say right mid or left mid. That's like the most traditional way to say it. And then in college, I played a little attacking mid. So yeah, I've kind of been. I guess I've been switched a couple times to attacking mid, but really nothing else. I mean, I haven't played as a striker really, except a couple times in college randomly last year. But um, but yeah, nothing. Basically, just outside mid. I would say. Jared, did your time? You went to Colgate, correct? Yeah, I went to go with uh, Ethan. That's what I was going to ask. Uh, did you overlap with him at all? Was he uh, knocking in goals for you uh, from from the center of the pitch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We played for three years together, so we were yeah very close. And yeah, he comes over a lot still, and we're we're really good friends. But um, but yeah, he scored so many goals in college, and he was a penalty king and free kicks. Uh, yeah, he. I was so I was lucky to have him in college. I think that's probably one of the reasons I got a lot of assists too. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, Ethan. He's a great player. Obviously, he's on the first two now. So, looking forward to watching him play tomorrow against Seattle. It should be great. Were you kind of surprised at his transition? Because you know he's he's been the, the striker his whole life, and then uh, he's now moved to the back line, and he's he's adjusted, admittedly, pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well. I mean. I just remember him in college and like just being like, "Wow, this kid is so athletic!" Like, I mean, he was he would win every you know athletic you know type of event we would have like sprints, all that sort of stuff, and um, like vertical. And I think at the combine when he went, I think he finished in the top five of all three categories. So I think his athleticism helps him. Um, so I think, yeah, even though he played forward in college, I think. He could. He is one of those players who could just play any position. Like I remember in college, he played outside mid and he played forward, and then he even played the six. But I actually don't think he ever played outside back. But he always <laughs> talked about dreaming about playing the outside back and being one of those over forty league right backs. But I guess uh, I, <laughs> I like that he's already planning for for what he's going to do over forty. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, I'll, I'll be a goalie one day, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> How did it feel yeah. to play the first game of the year at, at Montclair? It was great. I was, um, I mean, the turf was really nice. And I was, um, I mean, I don't want to say a bit surprised. I mean, I just, um, but yeah, the atmosphere was really nice. Obviously, we had a nice night, which helped a lot. And um, I think it, it felt, I don't know if there was a lot more fans, but it felt like there was a lot more because Rebel Arena, obviously, it's, it's tough when, you know, we play, it can feel a little bit empty. Um, and, like, obviously, it's a big, big stadium. So I think Montclair is really nice and kind of fitting for our team. And, yeah, I mean, the surface is really good. And I think I liked how they wet, wet it, too. I think that played to our style. I mean, made made the game faster. So I think it was good. Now, this coming weekend, you're going up against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds and Bob Lilly. Has anyone talked to you uh, within the organization about uh, – well, I, I'm sure you're game planning for them, obviously, but just uh, specifically the way that Bob Lilly uh, coaches his teams and how they set up and maybe how uh, his teams at Rochester were kind of you know the bane of Red Bull existence for so long? <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually went to a trial with Pittsburgh in, when before I got drafted because I, I just didn't really know where I was going to end up. I actually tried out at, at Charlotte too, but uh, so I went to a combine there, and yeah, I met Bob and his staff, and I think Pulsich, his um, Christian Pulsich's dad yeah, is the assistant yeah. too. Um, and yeah, I mean Bob, he has a he definitely has a style, you know, and um, so I think it's going to be a really tough game for us because. You know, they, they play a kind of defensive style. You know, they, they grit out, you know, grind out games 1-0, you know. And they don't give up many goals. And I think that's why I think they're third in the league or fourth in the league. So I think that's, you know, why they've been doing well. And I think he he just has tactics and, you know, he's he's driven. And, yeah, you got to give him credit. I mean, he gets results. And at Rochester, I remember playing him in college, actually, in the same way. So hopefully we'll all be kind of ready for that. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously we've been talking about them this week and we're going to get ready and hopefully prepare ourselves in the best way so that we can, you know, come out with a win. So I think it's going to be a really good game and maybe a, a grindy game that we're just going to have to stay focused for 90 minutes. Now, I, I had no idea that you tried out for Pittsburgh before this. That's fantastic. <laughs> take that, Riverhounds. Yeah. We got him yeah, now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it was before the draft there. So. I don't even know if they would have taken me or not. Maybe not, but I'll just assume not. <laughs> Fair. Uh, Jared, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Before we let you go, we're going to subject you to the lightning round. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. All right. Popcorn, yes or no? Yes. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Your favorite team to play as in FIFA? Mm, Norwich City. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. No. Was not expecting that. <laughs> uh, now, the new staple question. We used to previously ask everyone, Arsene Wenger in or Arsene Wenger out. Obviously, we can't ask that anymore. So I've replaced that with the least funny Red Bull 2 player that thinks they're funny. Jose Aguinaga. Oh, wow. We have not got a single repeat response for this yet. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> well, Jared, uh, yeah. again, 
thank you so much for having uh, I was about to thank you for having us on what kind of day is this <laughs> thank you so much for coming on uh, we wish you nothing but the best of luck this coming weekend and uh, hopefully you bring home the first road win uh, for the Red Bulls 2 this season uh, thank you yeah thank you so much for having me guys and yeah it's great to talk to you guys and uh, yeah have a nice night and when we come back we're going to preview the game against Pittsburgh and we're going to talk about some news and notes around the USL stick around back for our final segment i got a bunch of things that i have to do before we launch into this final segment first uh add to the ex new york red bull 2 report dan metzger scored in the 86th minute for penn fc and it's the game winner against the richmond kickers congrats dan it's his first goal for penn fc uh i'll take a look at it while i talk about the next part uh i only had bill to introduce at the top of the show uh, because I thought that we were going to be flying solo. And everyone knows it's not good when a host joins mid-show because they know what that means. But, Shyamalan twist! It's Steen joining us now. <laughs> hey, Steen, how's it going? Great. I'm glad to be in the show, unlike somebody who shall not be named. I feel like any listener that just heard me say that I was <laughs> one of the hosts of the show definitely thought they were getting merceded again no guys hashtag merced out hashtag merced out um let's let's get a couple things from you first joe uh how are you how's things uh pretty good pretty good can't complain yeah all right fair uh now quick i need three bullet points uh impressions from the match against charlotte independence um came out Pretty good in the first half. Had some chances. Um, got caught on the counter, which I mean we know is uh, is expected because of how they play. Again, great second half. Uh, and Jared Stroud gets two more assists, which brings his total up to seven now. Uh, five, Joe. He's got he's got five. 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 <laughs> five. Oh, it's five. Wow. Okay. I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. It's five. Um, yeah, but uh, Jared Stroud. Uh, played really well in this game and i andrew tenari made a big impact off the bench seemed like they really really uh started to get after the game more after he came in for aginaga and i think both i mean both substitutes score that's another big point stoffer gets a goal and tenari gets a goal it's the your recap was basically my recap i reiterate again we are not the same person (laughs) no we're not We're, we're not we're really not and last as but much not as least, Anthony likes to play into that. We're not. Yeah. Last but not least, who was your man of the match? Jared Stroud. The goal for Metzger, by the way, was a header on a corner kick. Way to go, Dan. Uh, yeah, Jared Stroud. We we all said uh, we all said Bill and I said Andrew Tenari, but Jared Stroud was a close second. And uh, yeah, all right. <clears throat> Moving on. This week, the dreaded Bob Lilly is now. Uh, the the main objective for the Red Bulls. They've got to get their first road win. They've got to break down a Bob Lilly team, especially this Pittsburgh team that is not prone to getting broken down. They are 5-1-6 and six this year. <coughs> There's going to be a lot of editing in this episode. Especially- <laughs> it is bad news. Children suck. Uh, they are 5-1-6 and six this year with a plus-7 goal differential. They're not so great in the last five games, 1-1-3, uh, one, one and three, but they're picking up points. They're very hard to, to actually beat, but it does happen. 
They have a win against Richmond in that span, a loss against Nashville, uh, their first loss of the season. And their three draws came against Indy, Tampa Bay, and Penn FC. Their goal leaders, Nico Brett, is the man. Six six goals on the season. The next best on the team is Romeo Parks with two. Of course, everyone remembers Romeo Parks. We can't talk about him around here without also mentioning Carl we met. And uh, what a kick. <laughs> what a kick. What a swift <laughs> kick to the back. That happened uh, during one of our first episodes. <laughs> yes. 70 plus episodes ago. Um, obviously, uh, oh, oh, assist leaders, Kevin Kerr and Nico Brett each have three. So Nico's scoring goals. He's setting up goals. He's pretty much doing everything on the offensive side. So it, it will be key for the Red Bulls to stop him. On the other side of the field, Dan Lind is a complete monster in the net for them. He's been a huge difference maker. A lot of teams have been able to break down Pittsburgh and, and find some opportunities, and Dan Lind has come up huge time and again for them. We all know Bob Lilly and his uh, approach the, to any match, which is just don't lose. They they don't mind if they don't win, but they will they will head into any match saying, let's not lose this one. Their back line is young. They're they're doing a lot of good things. Uh, Toby Adewal or Adewale, sorry, uh, Todd Pratzner, Hugh Roberts, Raymond Lee, all of them uh, doing a very good job of making sure that uh, teams have a lot of trouble playing through them. The uh, human vacuum on this team is a midfielder named Thomas Van Kaye. <laughs> I cannot say that last name, no matter how hard I try. <laughs> Let's spell this: V A N C A E. Y-E-Z-E-E-L-E. Anybody? No. Uh, no. Yeah. Van Kiezele. Van Kiezele. That's it. I'm going with that. Thomas Van Kiezele. He's a 23-year-old French midfielder, and he, he just completely gobbles up uh, any errant ball in the midfield. He is essentially their Dax McCarty. Uh, he's doing really, really nice work there this season. They lead the league with seven clean. Oh no, they are second in the league with seven clean sheets. Uh, they lead the league with seven goals conceded. That's the least in USL, uh, tied with Louisville. Guys, what is it going to take to to beat this team? We know the trouble that that the Red Bulls have against uh, Bob Lilly led squads. Obviously, Rochester was a huge part of that. Uh, but we're seeing so many of those tendencies that Lily uh, brought to Rochester that made them successful uh, have been incorporated in Pittsburgh. I- is this a fool's errand? Can they actually get their first win on the road? Justine, let's start with you. I don't want to sound pessimistic, but I don't think they're going to this game. Um, I think it's a very tough matchup. But the one thing I will say that they have been patient with their chances on the road this year, uh, excluding the Bethlehem game. That's the one game I'm going to say that everybody just had a bad game in. They never seem to play well there. But they need to stay patient with this. They need to realize, look, we don't have to go at this you know, first half. We've been a better team in the second half. But it's going to take a lot for them, I think, to break this team down. I could easily see this as being a 0-0 draw uh, where – Neither team really, I mean, or, you know, a one nothing Pittsburgh win where they catch them on the counter. But this is going to be a tough game. This is one of those games that I think they will, it'll define how they do on the road this season. Because as we know, they don't have a win yet, but they do have three draws. Uh, but it's going to be, it's going to take a really tough task in order for them to break them down. Bill, 
who's going to be the the most critical player for the Red Bulls in this match? Is it Andrew Tenari and the way that he uh, forces uh, uh, you know midfielders and center backs to make mistakes, or is it very likely that he's not going to get to have much of an impact on this match because of the way that Pittsburgh plays, and that's that's really to avoid sort of that area of the field and, and try to keep possession uh, to quick spurts. I think Tenar is going to keep the mindset that he had in the past game here, and he's going to be ready for Pittsburgh, and he's going to go in there pretty much wanting to win. So I think he's going to do good in Pittsburgh, and I don't I don't have any doubts of them losing in Pittsburgh. You think that they they're going to at least get a result here, you know, be it a draw uh, or God forbid a win. I'm, I'm thinking a win. Really? Why why so optimistic, Bill? Well, they finally got to play back at Montclair, and uh, these guys are revved up. They're charged up, and they're and they're ready to to play. So I think they're going to bring all that energy over to Pittsburgh and uh, see what they can do. So I'm hoping for a win on on Saturday. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's get predictions from you guys. I'll start with you, Bill. I'm going with a two-zero Red Bulls two win. Okay, Justine. Zero zero draw. Yeah, right. Okay, you say zero zero, I'll say one <laughs> one. It's a one one draw. They're gonna beat up one nothing for like the majority of this match. Pittsburgh will snatch one late in typical Bob Lilly fashion. And yeah, we'll leave this one with a point. Okay. Moving on. I'm gonna start with the probably the biggest topic uh for USL. Which is not really a big topic. There's not a lot of big news happening in the league this week, which is a good thing. That's fine. Uh, Phoenix Rising FC, their head coach, Patrice Carteron, uh, <laughs> which I, I hope I didn't put your name, sir. I'm sorry if I did. Uh, he is leaving Phoenix. Uh, they've been having a pretty good season there. Uh, but uh, he's headed to the Egyptian Premier League for Al-Ali SC, a, a well-known Egyptian Premier League club. Uh, maybe some might say the best club in Egypt. Can't fault him for leaving, but what does this do for Phoenix? Joe, you have the inside track on all things Phoenix. Tell us, is this doom for them? I wouldn't say so. Uh, I think um, Rick Shantz, you know, who was the intern, uh, intern coach when... Um, I can't remember his name escapes me right now. Um, Frank Yallop left uh, the first time. I thought he did a pretty good job with the team the first time around. Uh, but this team has a lot of talent. It's, it might take them a few games to figure it out, you know, tactically and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, Carter Rums did a great job as far as, you know, what he did with the team. I mean, you know, all-time points leader. Took him to the playoffs last year. But I think, unlike previous years, this team is talented but I think it's going to take a little bit of tinkering with him to, you know, I mean, he's, you know, he's familiar with, you know, he's familiar with the squad sort of. And I think it'll take a little bit of tinkering, but I still think this team's a playoff team. Now, just to, to let our listeners know, Phoenix is third in the West seven, three and four uh, is their record. They, even though they're third and, you know, only one point behind the Portland Timbers too, which what a story there. Uh, they are tied or within striking distance of the next three teams underneath them. And two of those teams have games in hand. San Antonio has a couple of games in hand and are starting to look a little bit better. It, it could 
be very, very bad very quickly for Phoenix. They could drop down quite a few positions in the table uh, with just a couple of results. So we'll see. Uh, Nashville. Nashville SC sets the inaugural season or sets the record for inaugural season season ticket sales at 6,110. Congratulations, Nashville. That's a very great accomplishment, but USL, you're losing them almost immediately. Uh, is this sort of a take the good, take the bad thing? Bill, let me get your take. I think it's it's a good thing for Nashville. The last game that Nashville lost was on April 14th, which is kind of impressive. So they've been on quite a run for Nashville and uh, I had no idea that there were that many people interested in soccer in Nashville, so it's kind of cool to hear. Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely bodes well for for what they can they're going to do in MLS, but uh, maybe a bit of a, a hollow victory for USL for losing them. But look, Brandon Allen's getting some time here. This might be a backdoor for him to get in MLS <laughs> as well. Yeah, I mean, they need somebody to take the penalty kick. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, the last topic. Uh, TFC two and Tulsa Roughnecks, they are each without a win 13 games into their season, a combined Oh, 17 and nine record for the two clubs. Uh, I got a question for you. Which one is going to get a win first? Uh, well, let's start with that. Which of these two teams is going to win, get a win first? Uh, Joe. Toronto FC two will get the win first. Okay. Bill. I, I agree as well. They're probably going to bring <laughs> some of the first team players down. Uh, <laughs> Michael, win this game for us. So I don't know. 11 losses is so yeah. staggering. Tulsa's at least come close a number of times. I I'm gonna... think last season it was what? Montreal that we would always talk about being right down there at the bottom of the that table. Was, that was two Eastern years Conference. ago, Bill. Two years ago. Two years ago. See, Montreal's been out. So. Yeah. You just love to hate them. I, I, I do. I hate Montreal. Okay. Uh, what is what is the maximum number of points that they're going to have this season? Uh, right now, Toronto Sia has two. What what are they going to get up to, Bill? Uh, they're not going to clear 15. Okay. Well, let's say 15 for Bill. Jostine. Uh, <laughs> 17. Ooh. I bid $1. No? Okay. <laughs> no, don't, don't get the, I'm sorry. Don't get the reference. Oh, oh now, now I get that. Yep, now. Because it was such a small increment over bills. I thought it was very petty of you, Josie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the price is right. Right, uh, yeah. A bit of a penny more. A dollar, yeah. <laughs> 131.05, Bob. Uh, and Tulsa Roughnecks, they currently have seven. What are they going to finish with? 19. Mm. 19, okay. Bill? 19 and a half, Bob. <laughs> I'm going to bid $1 again. No, Thank you. I think I'm going to go with 15 as well. I don't see either of these teams clearing 15. Oh, I like it. So sorry, guys. Uh, in Toronto and Tulsa, Bill has just sealed your fate because he is the, yes. the Swami. Uh, okay. That brings us to the end of another episode of Raising Bulls. You can follow us on Twitter at, I'm at underscore Joe Goldstein. I'm at Bill TNJ. I'm at Jace Dean 15. 
And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And like we said, that's all on Twitter. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com, where you can find all of our episodes. And even send us questions to questions at RaisingBulls.com. That's what, Bill? Questions at RaisingBulls.com. RaisingBulls.com. Oh, man. You're close. You're close. Justine, what is it? Questions at RaisingBull.com. Raisingbulls.com. Jeez. Balls. <laughs> At least I remembered this week. At least I remembered my cue. That's it's not only cue. me, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um you can also uh, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find and listen to your podcast. Uh rate us, review us. It does help and it does mean everything. Hashtag Merced out. You can also, <laughs> we're part of the Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm. They've got great shows like the USL show, uh, the Unused Substitute, STL Soccer Report, Mon Goals for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, and so much more. Definitely give that a listen. And last but not least, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Well, that's it for us, guys. So for myself, Jocene, Bill Toomey, and Jared Stroud, thank you very much, and have a great night. Hashtag Merced Out. Merced Out.